Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League presented by 78 Sports. I'm Owen Shadrick. That's Matt Ferreira. We're back in your ears, in your eyes, back on the back on the uh the waves, man. We're we're back. We never left. We never left. We're always here. But yeah, another week of great baseball. Matt, who's playing well? Well, this week, batting wise, probably heard the name a few times. Tyler Bastinus, he's still hitting over 500. He's still getting extra base hits. Still getting RBIs. Nothing this kid can't do. Ryan Caulfield from Nashville has been hitting 444 in the last week. He's been doing really good. On the pitching side, we saw last night, Brandon Chu, he threw seven innings. Or six innings, sorry. And he's been doing really good as of late. And certainly, last but not least, we got Trey Yesu, and he has been on fire with Westfield. Yeah, a lot of guys playing well, including our first player and pitcher of the week honors, which were announced uh, on Monday after we recorded. So that's why everybody was mad. And they're going to be mad again this week because we don't know who the players of the week are. So stop asking. Uh, last week's player of the week, Andrew Bianco from the Norwich Sea Unicorns. And our pitcher of the week was Tristan Spalter from the Vermont Lake Monsters. Congratulations to those guys quick standings update once again the Worcester Bravehearts are leading the league at 10 and 3 they had a six game win streak come to an end recently but they just keep winning games Vermont and New Britain tied at 9 and 4 Pittsfield Norwich and Westfield all at 8 and 8 and Brockton and Nashua holding it down at the bottom but we said it Worcester Bravehearts are your first place team and we have a two-year veteran for this episode of the podcast in Dennis Colloran great to talk to him about Worcester and uh and Northeastern Matt. Yeah, very valuable insight, especially playing for one of the top teams this year when coming back and playing for us in Worcester. So it's interesting to see his insight of college versus futures league ball. Yeah, he certainly loves it in Worcester and makes that apparent on this podcast. And we are also celebrating this weekend, Adam Keenan weekend on June 9th through eleventh. It is his birthday this weekend adam a former futures league player who passed away due to a rare undiagnosed heart condition called arvc uh the end of the year we will be awarding uh players with the adam keenan scholarship award uh but you know we're we're always celebrating adam and and the foundation please feel free to donate on their social medias uh you can find that on our twitter page and our instagram page uh right now um but yeah, we have Dennis Colloran on this podcast. We're celebrating Adam Keenan weekend. It's, you know, it's been a fun summer, Matt, and it and it keeps producing. Yeah, and we're going to produce this podcast right now. Let's get right to it. Let's get right to it. Let's get production. And guys, Futures League Network, week pass, $10. Month pass, $30. Full season pass, $99. Buy, buy in. FCBLnetwork.com. Don't miss a game. Don't miss a podcast. Don't miss this episode. You ready, Matt? Oh, I'm ready. Here's Dennis Colloran. Hold on, we'll get right back to Back to the Futures, but first, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net, are looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. And I've used their stuff before. I've seen their facilities. They definitely cover everything. 
The team at 78 Sports design and install hundreds of at-home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you find the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. We are honored to be joined by our next guest, who was with the Worcester Bravehearts in 2021, earning himself Top Pro Pitching Prospect Award, but he's back for the 2023 season this summer. It's Dennis Collar, and Dennis, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. And we'll get right into it. I'd mentioned off the top, you are back in Worcester for a second stint with the team. What brought you back to uh, Worcester this season? Um, back in 2021, it was just such a great experience. I mean, I love the atmosphere. You know, every Friday, it's always packed. Even on the days where they're like, not doing promotions, you always get a good crowd. Not only that, I mean, I love Dion. He's a great, great coach. And also, you know, Worcester is you know, it's a great place to be. I, I just love the Brave Hearts. It's always a good time there. It is always a good time for sure. And this season, we've seen you in four games. You've already gotten two saves. You struck out six. How do you feel so far to start the season? I feel good. You know, I was a little bit worried. My control was not going to be where it needed to be. But, you know, um, just what I was told was – by uh, everyone who told me right when you come back from Tommy John surgery, you just need to stay calm on the mound. Don't get too jacked up because if you get too jacked up and you're trying to throw, you know, throw the ball really hard, you're not going to be throwing strikes. And that's the big thing I've been, you know, trying to focus on is just keeping it in the zone, working on my secondaries, you know, and just trying to get ready for the Northeastern season coming up. For sure. And your success is not the only thing. Your team has had great success so far. You guys just came off a six-game win streak, and you're in first place right now. How's the chemistry been in the locker room so far? Um, I mean, everyone's really close. The first day I was there, you know, meeting everyone, shaking everyone's hand, you know, I think we really clicked very, very fast. And, you know, we were able to have a great time you know, doing anything, whether it's, you know, playing, um, go fish in the locker room or just, you know, celebrating every single thing that happens on the field. You know, we're, we're doing a really good, good job at that. And you talked about clicking fast and Tyler Bassness is hitting over 500 this year. He had another three hits last night. Yeah. He has had an insane start to this season. What's it been like to see that from him and how's he been handling it? Uh, I mean, he's one of those guys, he goes out there, he gets the job done, you know, he'll get a double and, you know, he doesn't act like anything happened and he just is on to the next one. You know, he's just, he's an absolute machine. I love watching him. Yeah. And talk about machine 2021, you guys made the playoffs, ended up having to face Vermont, but you got a taste of that futures league playoffs. What was it like? kind of getting that first experience and what do you guys believe you need to do this season in order to get back there? Um, one thing we really need to focus on is just our guys coming out of the pen, being able to come in and, you know, shut down, you know, throwing strikes. 
that's one thing that like if we can get get that down, I think we'll be an absolutely unstoppable team because our hitting is definitely there. Our feeling is good. If we can just get our pitching like you know on point, just coming out of the pen throwing strikes, I think we'll we'll be unstoppable. Yeah, that's so important in in summer ball, especially when rosters keep turning over and and obviously there's still guys that are that are coming in here, but that's that's super important to have your pitchers fresh and throwing strikes. And in 2021, I mentioned it off the top, you were named our top pro pitching prospect after a blistering 1-1-1 ERA, 37 strikeouts, and 24 and a third innings pitched. How did you feel coming out of that season, and what did it mean to get that award at the end of the day? Yeah, it felt really good, you know. I, you know, coming out of high school, um, playing against guys way older than I was, so obviously I was a little bit nervous. And I was just, I was really happy that I was able to produce out there. And, you know, I, I got I got a credit to the Bravehearts. If it wasn't for them, I definitely would not have been able to, you know, have as much fun or be able to compete at the level that I did that summer. And you said a little about it. You were coming straight out of high school facing guys way older than you. How did that season prepare you for what would happen at Northeastern? It gave me a sense of what the college experience is like, you know, how, how teams run, you know, Obviously, you're a new guy. You're going to be grabbing most of the equipment. You're going to be getting all the buckets and stuff like that. So, prepared me for that. But not only that, you know, all the guys that are older, they have so much knowledge. One of the big things I learned that summer was just, you know, honing down my changeup. I really improved my changeup that summer, and I was able to use it in the college season that uh, ensued later. But, you know, it's just there's a lot of older guys and you gotta, you gotta use them because they know they've been around for longer and they know a lot more than you. Yeah, that's definitely true. And and I'm sure you took many advice from pitchers and even, and even guys that have just been, been there before and, and use it. And obviously there's plenty of guys that go to Northeastern, which we'll definitely talk about later. And for the Bravehearts, the last couple of seasons, you have primarily been a closer. What is your mentality when you're asked to come in and close a game? Um, make biggest thing I'm, thinking about is I just want to come in there and shut the game down. You know, if we have a lead or if it's close, all I want to do is just get, get in there, get out as fast as I can, you know, just trying to work quick. When I'm coming into the game, I want, I want it to be me just trying to shut down the game. You know, I want to come in and, you know, just kind of live up, or play up to, you know, how the team has played the entire game and just try and shut it, shut down the whole thing. And gen- like genuinely asking, generally asking, do you like saving games or is that is that something that you're, you know, against, I guess? I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I prefer starting, but, you know, right now with my injury, I'm only allowed to go a certain amount of innings. So I'm very happy that my, my role right now is coming in in the ninth and just shutting down a game. And... As a reliever myself, I know I have my superstitions out of the bullpen. I like pitching on a certain mound. Do you have any superstitions or routines that you go through coming out? Um, I like giving my, my glove a good slap and then giving it a jog to the mound. A couple of things that I do once I get onto the mound, I do this thing where I kick a line down to, my, down to the end of the mound, and then I'll give it a good sweep. And then once I'm done with all my warm-up pitches, I clean off the mound completely until it's all white and there's no more dirt on it. And then I'll, then I'll smack my leg, clean it off my glove. So that's, that's a couple of things that I do. 
you know, just making, helps me get locked in. It's like, okay, now it's time to go, you know? Yeah. Anything you have to do to get locked in. And I want to ask, we've had some pitchers on here who, who are primarily out of the bullpen um, and talked about pressure. Do, how do you handle, cause obviously it's ninth inning, you got to close out a game uh, when you're coming in for a safe situation. So how do you handle that pressure? Or how do you, I guess, not think about it too much when you're on the mound? Uh, pressure is definitely one of those things that I'll feel like, you know, it's like, okay, I, my name get my name gets called. It's like, okay, now it's time to go. I'll feel it when I'm, you know, warming up before I come into the game. I mean, my first, first time when I was, uh, warming up this season, you know, I sailed a few over the catcher's head, you know, just trying to lock in, but you know, it's one of those things I just focus on my breathing and I make sure that like, you know, it's like, Hey, you can do this. You know, you're, you're able to, you're able to come in and you're, and you're going to be able, you've done it before, you know what you're doing to just come in and shut it down. I mean, throwing it over catcher's head, that's an intimidation factor, if anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you talked about the atmosphere in Worcester already, and they continue to add more and more events to their promotion schedule and have a couple of education days. How fun are those games to be a part of? I mean, I love it. I love when the kids are are there because, you know, obviously they're looking up to everyone on the team. And, you know, when they come up and they're asking for autographs or they're asking for, like, Nothing's better than when they come up and they're asking you about baseball because I just love talking about it. And not only that, you know, it's great when the teachers are there, they get the teachers involved, getting all the just I love having the fans super involved in the game because it just makes it much more fun to play so much more fun to play. For sure. And bouncing around a little bit here, but you talked about Alex Dion at the top and how he's helped you so much. What has he taught you about the game and during your woo ball tenure? Um, one of the things, especially he hammered into me on my first season on the Bravehearts, was that, you know, it's summer ball. In the end, it's not going to – it won't affect you too much. But, you know, the games matter. But you have to remember to have fun because it is the summer. And if, you have, if you're having fun out there, you're going to be able to play well and you're going to be able to win the games. Yeah, Alex Dion among that Worcester front office staff that loves to take care of their players, John Creed and Dave Peterson among them. What does it mean to have everyone from the top on down truly care about you guys, the players, and are willing to do whatever it takes to make sure you guys are happy and comfortable? Um, It's really great. I mean, especially just, you know, if it's anything with the equipment, they, they always make sure we're fed and, you know, making sure that, like, they came in the first day before the first night that we wore those bright uh, Friday jerseys. And they were like, listen, we're here to make the baseball game fun, but we also want to make sure that, you know, it's still a baseball game. So if you guys ever have any problems with anything that we're doing, you know, let us know, but they do a really good job of making it in a, a real event, but also making it a good baseball game. And, I have to touch on it, but what were your thoughts on the scoreboard explosion? Uh, so I heard it was <laughs> Twister, our old mascot. Um, you know, it stinks uh, not being able to know exactly what the score is unless you're keeping track. I mean, it's kind of nice being able to look away from the game for a minute and then still knowing what's going on, but definitely need to pay attention a little bit more to the game to know exactly what inning it is, what what's the score, what the count is, but, you know. 
it is what it is. Hopefully we'll get it back soon. I thought it was just you guys kept scoring runs and more runs so that the, <laughs> the scoreboard just couldn't compute anymore. Yeah, yeah, that also could have been it. <laughs> Before we return to Back to the Futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Back Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Back Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Litter League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, ZorianBats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And transitioning from Worcester to Northeastern, you guys had an incredible year going 44 and 16. You were in the top 25 numerous times during the season, and you guys earned a tournament bid. We're going to get into the specifics about your injury and things like that, but what did it mean for you and the team to be selected to the NCAA tournament? I mean, it was great. You know, we had going into the season, we knew we just had a lot of, a lot of really good guys on the team. And one thing that we really focused on before coming into the season was making sure that we were, we were really gelled together as a team. And, you know, that really helped us, you know, if we would go down, we would lose a game. We were really able to come back to the next game and just, you know, fire all cylinders and win that one. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't stay on a loss. We were able to, we were able to go on to the next one. And it was also just really nice. You know, our seniors, they were really good, really good leaders. You know, we had Danny Cross and we had Spencer Smith. We had Nick Davis. They were all just, they were able to really, you know, lead us in the right direction and uh, help us, you know, be the team that we were, you know, being able to get a tournament bid, that's something really special. Yeah, you guys certainly had a special season and it was it was fun to watch from the outside looking in. And we mentioned it, you've mentioned it, and unfortunately last season you were out with uh, after having Tommy John surgery. What was it like finding out that you needed Tommy John and what emotions were running through your head at the time? Um, so first day that I was injured happened at Bryant on April 20th. And it was one of those things I was like, no way this just happened to me, no way. And like, I was just in complete denial. And then, you know, the MRI comes back and it just, there's just a massive gap in my, in my elbow. I'm like, oh geez, this is like, it's really, really bad. So, you know, you go through, there's like three things every, every single person that gets Tommy John goes through. First thing is they're like, no way this happened to me. Second thing is like, okay, now I'm going to start throwing to with my other arm. And now I'm going to, I'm going to be able to pitch with my other arm next season. And then the third thing is like, you finally accept it and you're like, okay, now I have a year to come back and be better than I was. And you're, if you're able to use that third part and really focus on everything from just, you know, your entire body to your mentality, you're able to come back out of the surgery, a much better pitcher or player. No, for sure. Especially in that second part, many people are going to think that's a joke, but seriously, I partially tore my UCL my freshman year and I spent months trying to throw lefty. Yeah. But what was your recovery process like from Tommy John? Um, so over the summer, I spent so much time just looking into everything that I could do to improve my body because it was one of those things. 
you know, right out of surgery, I had to get the full repair, you know, took it out of my knee. So I was like, oh, I can't do anything right now. So I was like, I focused so much on my diet, so much on, you know, everything that I else that I do in my lifestyle. And, you know, I talked to, I talked to a lot of guys that had gotten Tommy John before and like, you know, what they had done. And I think one of the biggest things, like when it comes to Tommy John is like, what you need to look at is specifically with how you got injured, you know, whether it was a specific mechanic thing or just not, not taking care of your body. Right. If it's one of those things, you can look at it and be like, okay, this is what happened. This is why I got injured. And then changing that or like, you know, it was one of those things you have to talk to your coach and like, you know, this role isn't working for me. Or even if it's just, okay, maybe I need to cut down on going to Popeye's twice a week, you know, something, anything like that. You know, you just, you gotta, you gotta come back and you gotta realize what happened. And ideally what you should be able to do is like, and I think that all baseball players should do this is some, if something's bothering you, you should look at everything that you do and be like, okay, what if I change this one thing? And then, you know, you see a week later, am I feeling better? Am I feeling worse? And just changing one thing at a time. And I think just doing that, you can really become like a next level player. And you've already touched upon it a little bit, but the mental coming back and even just first time on the mound, was there any scaredness that you had in being back on the mound for the first time of, oh, what would happen if this happened again? Uh, I was one of those things I definitely thought about, like the first time I'd ever pitched off a mound and the first time I, I started th slowing, uh, throwing sliders again, because that was I tore it on, on throwing a slider, but it was one of those things. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I, I know I can't get hurt because I, I changed what, what, you know, what had hurt me. And, you know, I'm, my lifestyle is so much better now. I know what I'm doing. So it was one of those things. It was a little bit in the back of my mind. I, I won't lie, but I was pretty confident in what I was doing. And you talked about how you tore it throwing a slider. Um, and I know at least when I was rehabbing, I couldn't throw anything other than off. I couldn't throw anything other than a fastball for a while. So how did you get your secondary pitches back, your change up, your slider, and aim to keep commanding those pitches? Uh, it was one of those things. I went back to when I first learned my slider and my changeup back when I was 12 years old, 10 years old when I was a changeup, and I went back. You know, my dad, thankfully, you know, he has videos of me and like lessons and I, and he, what he would do is he would make me keep a notebook of like, okay, here's, here's the three things you learned at this lesson. And I'll just look at all of them. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start fresh. I'm just going to completely relearn how, how to do this. And I think that really helped me. And for last question I have is Tommy John recovery is a long process. How did you stay busy and stay ready throughout the recoveries? Uh, so over the summer, obviously stunk, you know, not being able to do much, especially, you know, watching all my guys playing, playing ball, but, you know, I was able to stay occupied, you know, I, once I was like cleared to throw a fishing line, I went fishing a ton, you know, I would go on walks all the time. I would, uh, Thankfully, my sisters, they were around, so I was able to, um, you know, be like, oh, can we go do this? And we would just, like, go to a park, and we'd just go walk around, especially my mom. Like, we would, 
me and my mom, we would go to uh, the local park. We would go down to, um, I forget the name. It was like Black, one of the ones at Blackstone Valley. Um, we would just go down. We would go go on walks, and that was one of the best best things for me is, you know, just staying moving. And then once I was able to, you know, pick up a weight, I, would, I was in the weight room a ton. And it's one of those things. It's like you start to appreciate the things that you were able to do much more. And I was definitely like, wow, like I didn't realize like just having to sit on my butt completely for two weeks after the surgery. I was like, wow, there's a lot of stuff I cannot do right now that I would kill to do. Yeah. You never think about those things till, till they're gone for sure. And last question about the injury, I promise. Uh, Plenty of guys are going through this right now, whether, you know, they're on already recovering or, or have just, you know, sent themselves into a Tommy John recovery mode. What is your advice to those guys that might may be going through this uh, injury themselves? Um, my biggest advice is just really look into what you're eating. You know, you're eating because you, your body is sending all this stuff to its to the injury site, right? Like, you know, just trying to heal it. So you got to make sure that you're fueling it properly. And not only that, you know, just whatever you're able to do in terms of being active, just keep on doing it, you know, so you can keep the blood flowing. And the biggest thing is, as always, is going to be sleep. You know, everyone says it and, you know, it's one of those things that's said so much. You might not, you might like, you know, pass it over and be like, oh, whatever. But it definitely does matter. Yeah, got, everybody's got to get their beauty sleep. Come on now. And okay, off the injury, back to Northeastern and back to this past year in the tournament. You guys faced a tough Maryland team and another good team in George Mason. Mason. What were your emotions like coming out of those games? Uh, I was watching them, and it was one of those things, you know, definitely disappointing. But I was watching the guys and just their emotions out there, and they were definitely leaving everything out on the field. So I don't think any of them can be upset with what the outcome, you know. I mean, they can be upset, but, you know, they got to realize they left everything out there, and they're good teams. I mean, George Mason, they they beat up Maryland, and Maryland, they're – they got they got an insane hitting team, you know. Wake Forest, Wake Forest may go on to win it all, but you know it's just that was a really tough turn, uh, bracket right there. And I think they can't be too upset with you know the outcome. For sure, you guys played your hearts out, and much like you, there's plenty of Northeastern guys that made their way through the Futures League, including Danny Crossan and Patrick Harrington. What's it like seeing those guys play around the league? Uh, I mean, I love I love Danny Cross and I love Pat. You know, they're both really hard workers, especially especially in the weight room. I and mean, both of them both of them can put up pretty insane weight. Um, but not only that, I mean, with their age and their experience, they you know they know so much about the game. You know, I've talked to Pat, I talked to Danny about you know just little stuff, and you know Danny's one of those guys. He's just he's helped so many guys on the team, and I'm sure. When he was in the Futures League, he was helping so many guys out there. But, you know, uh, it's, it's one of those things. It's kind of special, you know. It's like Futures League, one of those things. You, you come in and, and you play it. And it's one of the, you know, you can come back to college. And, you know, guys are always talking about it, too. I mean, there's one you, you have the games when, like, you know, 
pie eating contests or the hot dog throws. It's like everyone just loves talking about them on in the locker room and like on the field, you know. So it's one of those everyone just everyone loves the experience and it's everyone like, you know, it's one of those things everyone can definitely bond bond over. Yeah, that's good that you guys, you know, continue to talk about it because you you know, you said it, it's it's all about having fun during the summer while while also, you know, improving your craft and playing the game. So that's great. And sorry to harp on the bad memories here, but 2021 playoffs, I do want to take you back. You faced Harrington in the playoffs back when he was on assumption. Is it was it kind of weird playing against him in the Futures League? And then what two what year later, two years later, he's now your teammate? Uh it was so it was one of the first things that we had talked about. Um, you know, he came up to me, it was like it was like, Oh Dennis, I remember facing you in uh in Vermont and it was like geez, you were, you were really throwing the hell out of the ball. And it was one of those things. And I was like, that was right when I was like coming off of Tommy John, I was probably like three or four months where I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. But, um, you know, I, we, anytime we face each other, you know, it's one of those good things, you know, I love facing someone. And then, you know, if you're able to catch up with them later in life, you know, just being able to, it's, I love, I love talking about it. And like just talking about baseball and everything that happened during the game, you know, he had a really good outing that day. Felt like I did pretty good that day, but you know, it was definitely, definitely a cool experience. And another former future league player that was just named a freshman all American and Cam Maldonado. What was it like to see him play so well and earn that honor this season? Cam, Cam's a great guy. I love, I love Cam very quiet, but you know, He's, he's he reminds me a lot of like Bastunas where he just you know he gets the job done and you know it's like not a lot of emotion there but you know it's one of those things he gets in and off the field and he knows what he's doing he knows who he is but Cam I mean he's a great player and you know as a freshman being able to put up the numbers he did I'm very excited to see what he can do even next year the year after that you know he's going to be one of those guys that can really just make massive strides yeah, it's going to be fun to see how you guys develop in the next couple of years at Northeastern. And you guys were not the only New England team to have incredible seasons as UConn and Boston College both also earned tournament bids. What does it mean to have three major New England schools making the tournament? And what does that say about baseball in this area? You know, it's awesome. I, Northeast has always been kind of, you know, dumbed down as like, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Kind of like how hockey is down south or whatever. Like, I remember I went down to the Jupiter Woodbat tournament and I was invited to play with a California team and I was a guest and they were all Californians. They were all either from California, maybe there's a couple from Arizona or whatever. And they were just, they were like, oh, really? You're from Massachusetts? Like, what the hell's up there? Isn't it snowing all the time? And I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, just keep my mouth shut because it's one of those things you hear it a lot, especially as you move up, you know, you hear and they're like, oh, you're from Mass, you're from Maine, you're from New Hampshire, you're from Connecticut, New York, whatever. It's one of the, you know, it, it doesn't seem like baseball is really big up here, but it, I think over the next years, Northeast is really going to become a powerhouse in terms of baseball. Yeah, and you see guys continue to be developed and get drafted out of not only the Futures League, but, you know, out of all these colleges around um, around New England. So it's great. It's great. And <laughs> there's no way that you didn't go to those California guys and you were like, oh yeah, ha, ha, ha. and then one, two, three strike them out. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it was a good tournament. It was full. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm sure it was. From the guys on the field to your head coach, Mike Glavin has been a staple of Northeastern baseball since he got there in 2015. What has he taught you about the game? Glavin, he's a, he's a really good coach. I mean, I committed as a sophomore in high school, so I've I've known him for a long time, and he's one of those one of the people you know. He's always checking in on you, making sure you have everything you need, uh, and that's one of the, that's one of the things you need as a coach. Is just one of the, always checking in on you making sure that you're good, making sure that you're healthy. And especially after my injury, like he, he didn't just brush me off, you know, he made sure I was still, you know, able to do stuff with the team. And, you know, he sat me down before uh, this past year and he was like, listen, I know you're injured, but you know, I, I don't want you, you know, just being zoned out the whole season. I want you still, you know, helping the guys, you know, the non-travelers, I want you to help them get better and, you know, just really be a leader. And I think, you know, him telling me that really helped me, like, going into the summer, just, like, realizing, like, okay, like, I can't, I can't just, you know, put off the summer and be like, oh, I'm injured. I, I don't need to, I don't need to focus on anything. You know, I, I really spend a lot of time just thinking about, like, what I can do to help the team and everything that, like, they can do. And we've talked a lot about it in this team's breakout season this year. What was his message to the team as you guys kept winning games? Let me think. Let me think. This might take me a second. It was one of those things. He wanted us to be playing up to the teams that we that we were playing. And, you know, whether it was facing Maryland in a, in a midweek or a series against Indiana State, you know, he wanted us – to always be playing to the best of our ability and, you know, not take any game unseriously because, you know, it's always the guys that, you know, you're not thinking about. And that's one of the good things about Northeastern, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's Northeastern. They're from Massachusetts. Like, Oh, we don't need to really worry about them. It's like people you don't worry about, they'll sneak up. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're down by five or whatever. And you're like, and it's in the seventh inning. And you're like, Oh crap, what the heck just happened? You know? But it's one of those things he definitely told us that, you know, we know who we are, we know what we can do, and we just need to go out there and do it. Yeah, that's a great message and uh, and one that some Boston sports teams probably could have used in the, in the playoffs, I think. Oh, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. That was tough uh -huh. to watch. Yeah. Both maybe, of those. Both maybe of those they, really maybe they should watch. have studied their opponent a little bit more, but oh, yeah. that's beside the point. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not get angry here this morning. Um, so, all right, back to, back to actual questions that have to do with baseball. Um, Mike Glavin continues year after year to send guys to the futures league. And there's plenty of Northeastern guys that are in this league currently and have been sent here in the past. What does that say? Not only about the culture of the league, but the Northeastern culture where guys continue to be sent here to play baseball and improve their game. I mean, it's a great league. You obviously have great competition, but I think it's also one of those things that Glavin knows if you come in here, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be shoved on the bench. You're not going to be forgotten about, you know, you're going to go out there, you're going to be put on the field, you're going to be put in tough situations. And he knows if you're coming here to the Futures League that you're going to come out a much better player. And I think that's why he keeps sending guys here. That's why I, when I was coming back and I, I was finally cleared to throw, he was like, oh, where do you want to go? And I was like, oh, I want to go back to Worcester. I want to. I want to I go back there, you know, go back to Dion. 
And it was one of those things. Once, once I, once I decided I want to go there, you know, I texted my buddy Max LeBlanc, who's also on the team right now. He was also there twenty twenty one. He's like, oh no way! Like I would love to go back to Worcester. He texted hit his coach, and now Max is here now. You know, so it's one of those things. Uh, you know, I I love the team, and I think Glavin definitely knows the futures league. It's not one of those leagues that you you know you can come here. The coach is gonna forget about you. Nobody come. Nobody's coming to the games. He knows that you're gonna come up a much better player. Yeah, that's that's a great message that he sends, and and it's good that you know you're texting guys like, all right, let's like let's get back together. Let's do this. Let's run it back. That's that's great to hear. And this season and in seasons past at Northeastern, you guys get the chance to go down to Fenway South and face the Red Sox. What's it like to be able to get that opportunity to go up against big leaguers? Florida is definitely nice in, in February, you know, being able to get out of the snow, but being able to face big leaguers, I mean, much like I said with older guys, I mean, they know a lot about the game. So if you're able to talk to them, definitely talk to them. And I think it's just, it's all obviously it's just a great experience. I mean, guys going out there and they're facing guys they normally just watch on TV all the time. They may have been watching them for a few years and, you know, they, they got the big names. I mean, you got, you got Devers. Uh, everyone once uh Pat Harrington struck out Devers, the, the whole group chat was going nuts. You know, everyone was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" Pat Harrington just struck out Raphael Devers, but it's 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 just a lot. It's a lot of fun being able to go down there and face the big leaguers. Yeah, I remember watching that on TV and going, "This is crazy that a <laughs> there's a futures league guy coming in and striking out <laughs> Raphael Devers, the three hundred million dollar man." Yeah. <laughs> And any, do you have any like fun stories, but well, that's, that was a fun one, but any fun stories for, from you personally or any of the guys uh, from this year or years past? I'm not, I'm not sure how many I can, I can share here. Um, but one, one of the good things is, is in the bullpen. Um, you know, it's all the guys and we're all super close. So we're able to talk, talk a lot. And, you know, it's one of those things where, in between the innings, we'll be talking shop, you know, we'll be making jokes, cracking, cracking jokes or whatever. But, you know, once the, once the game starts, you know, everyone's locked in. Um, last year, one of the things that we did at Northeastern, that was pretty cool that like, I kind of, I like, you know, I, I took it from Worcester, not, not really like, I was like, okay, Worcester, what they do, like in between the innings, they do something fun. So, and the, I think it was in, the middle of every fourth before we would go up to bat, they would play uh pump it up. So what we would do, I was like, okay, what if every single time they play pump it up, what if we just started dancing? We just started going nuts. And it became one of those things that, you know, it kind of, it kind of devolved out of what the original thing was. And by the end of it, we were like, we, what we did is we took a big old water jug and we just poured it over um what our, uh, our uh, catcher's head. And, you know, it, it was, it would, it would be all over Twitter and it was just kind of nice being able to see something that, you know, it was like started off as a joke, started off as something that we were just trying to get like the guys riled up for, you know, become something much more. It's always fun to see all your stuff and everybody enjoying it just as much as you guys do. And taking it even a further step back um, to high school, you played for North Attleboro and you guys captured the league title in 2021. What does it mean to be part of that in your senior season? Uh, I mean, that's my senior season. We had a really good group. It was obviously tough. You know, a year prior, we had COVID. So there was a lot of guys start of the season. You know, they never played on the varsity field before. So obviously, they have, they have a lot of nerves jacked up. 
but you know me and uh my co-captain uh jared penta we had both played varsity before so i think we were able to really lead the team in the right direction into you know being able to um be able to play up to the varsity level and you know there's a lot of other teams where their entire team was all seniors and they had been playing as sophomores on varsity but i think after covid what we were just we were really able to get our team going in the right direction you know in terms of you know not having played baseball for a year just coming back and being able to go out there and win games in that season much like your others you had a really good season and were named league mvp what did it mean to you to add another accolade to your collection? Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was really happy. Um, my older sister, she had won league MVP. So it was one of those things. I was like, okay, I need to win this. And then, of course, my little sister, she's in her senior season right now. She just won Gatorade Player of the Year for softball and also league MVP. So I think it's really nice. You know, all three of us won league, league MVP for softball and baseball in our in our senior seasons. But, um, you know, it was one of the, I think it was, I was, I had a really good group of guys and, you know, if, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have been able to do what I did out there. But yeah, you said it league MVP and your sister's getting it too. So I'm sure that added a little motivation for you to get that. Yeah, definitely. So you were also most valuable player in 2019 and 2020. Do you have room for all the trophies you're getting or like, is there a specific shelf with your name on it? What's going on there? Uh, I would take you down into my basement because, I mean, with me and my siblings, there's just, there's a whole wall and, you know, it's one of those things, there's trophies in front of the other one and my little sister, you know, back back when my older sister was playing uh, high school ball and she got one of her first, um, one of her first, you know, really big trophies. My mom, my little sister takes her little park and rec one and puts it in front of her, and that starts a big fight. But you know, it's it's definitely cool to see, and you know, we we have a we uh we spend the base we go in the basement and like you know that's where all of us will will train, we'll do like our workouts and stuff, and you know just having them having them there, it's kind of just cool to see. But definitely, definitely, there's not not a lot of room down there. But yeah, that's awesome that not only have you had the success that you have, but you're able to, you know, see your sisters, uh, you know, do so well and and continue to also pick up accolades in the, in their game. So that's awesome. And then final question for you, Dennis, you've, you've played it, you know, you've played, been playing baseball for a while. So this is a, this is going to be a tough one for you, but favorite all time baseball memory. All time baseball memory. Hmm. I would say one that like I've all I always like think about was I was back in I think it was I was seven years old playing nine U and I had a bat and I was doing really well that season and I the uh, opposing coach came up and was like you can't use this bat this thing's illegal it wasn't illegal. Um, but you know, the umpires, he just didn't want the fuss. He's like, can you just use a different bat? So I was like, oh, okay. So I took one of, one of my buddy's bats and then I go out there, my next at bat and I hit a double and I was just like, I was so jacked up. I was like, yeah, you thought it was a bat, but it wasn't the bad, you know? And, you know, just being able to, well, I didn't, I was seven years old. So obviously like I didn't 
I wasn't like rubbing it in his face or whatever, but that's one thing that just really stuck out to me. You know, there's someone, someone coming up to me and saying, Oh, you know, you're, you're only as good as your bat. And then I come out and I, I take this, this, uh, this metal bat. Like I was using a composite one and I take this metal bat and I go out there and I hit a double. That was, that was just a really special moment to me. Yeah. It's a, it, uh, there's always a fuss. Like there's always somebody arguing. It's like being able to shut them up must have felt amazing. Yeah, it did. Well, Dennis, that's all we got for you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. We really appreciate it, and we wish you the best of luck this summer in Worcester, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. And this has been Season 7, Episode 3 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.